Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Only Stupid Answers. I am your host, DJ Woldridge. Oh, man, I almost... Messed up my name. There we off to a, a great <laughs> off to a great start. I'm Garrett. And with me today, I have a special guest, Maud Garrett. Maud, if there's anybody listening to this who does not know who you are at this point, because you're one of our most regular guests, who are you, and where can the kids find you? You are. I can. I, can I tell you? Can I be honest with you? If Jason Inman is on, we tell him he's been on the most, and when you're on, we tell you you've been on the most because it's between like the two that. of you little ego stroke yeah yeah yeah. well you know how you have guests on your show and stuff like that you gotta you gotta give them a little something yeah i'll take it what was your question you quit my question is uh for the kids that don't know uh who are you and where can they find you yeah yeah yeah. who am i i am also an online geek host uh i met you in our source fed days Mm -hmm. circa 2015 and 16 which feels like a lifetime ago it sure does anything bc before covid Mm -hmm. feels like a legitimate lifetime ago. Uh, I am a host on a daily essential show on the Quibi network called uh, now the Rotten Tomatoes Watch List. You guys saw it, right? You saw it. <sighs> was it was it the fly? Yes. yes. I'm going to like Steve Irwin. Right. I've got a fly that's really pissing me off. So I'm going to catch it with my bare hands. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would actually be really cool. I think uh, uh, Chris Pratt did that in the Jurassic World. Oh, right. Caught a, caught a fly. It was, it was a iconic movie moment. Yeah, wax on, wax off. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm also on Nerdist Book Club every week, and I run a company called Geek Bomb. And on Geek Bomb, I do a show called Power Up with Trisha Hirschberger, who is also a SourceFed alumni. And we talk about what we're playing, watching, and reading every single week and have a guest on to do the same, which has been really lovely to geek out because, you know, it is, it's more of like collecting this data bank of, of really good suggestions and people exchanging all the things, you know, so we can cut out the BS and know what is good and what's a time suck. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the, you know, we're going to do this literally in just a couple of seconds, but it's one of my favorite uh, bits about, you know, uh, what you're into, asking people what they're into because it's a good way to kind of like direct your energy um and into stuff i will say um you know sam keeps giving me suggestions and i keep checking them out but i don't think he goes and checks out my suggestions i just want to point that out because i watched something he suggested he's not here to defend himself i can say anything i want um all righty let's talk let's do a sam bash oh i I don't know if roasts are as fun if the roasty isn't there to make faces about oh, it. I actually have it. nothing bad to say. Uh, he's lovely. Terribly, he's the nicest guy on the planet. Yep. We check in with each other still. And I, he's the friendship is equivalent to a warm hug. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You've been bashed. Boom. <laughs> what a zing. I didn't even hold back. <laughs> so um, let's just go into it then. What What are you uh, – we start every episode asking our guests – what they're into this week, but Maud, as you pointed out, you have your own version of this on your show, which is playing, and I do it every time. Playing, it's like watching, playing, watching, and reading. reading. Yep. Yeah. So, so wh- the power is the acronym. Uh, I'm it. currently playing Witcher Three again. 
Nice. So I don't know if you're having this as well, but because it's locked down and it's like, you know, constantly this negative cloud raining on all of us, I have started to, instead of exploring new things, and there are a lot of things that I've had to watch through work, that I'm like, this would be great if we weren't in a pandemic yeah. because it's like the themes are just a little bit heavy. I don't want to have to deal with this. So I've actually been going back and investing my time into things that I know how they end and I know it was a good time and mm-hmm. I know it made me feel good. So for me, that is Witcher 3. Um, what's really great is the first time I played the game, what, three years ago, I was just like, this is amazing. Now I've watched the series and read the book, the fir- just the first one, and I'm noticing that there are little Easter eggs and I'm enjoying sort of like the depth of it a little bit more now that I have that information. Um, I do miss Henry Cavill. Um, I think that I've realised, you know, my... <laughs> It's not kink, but it's definitely an eyebrow um, razor is him going, is can we swear on this? Yes. Okay. Him going, mm, fuck. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, <laughs> Gerald, <laughs> that is nice. Um, and I missed that, but um, that game is spectacular. Absolutely. I am watching Umbrella Academy season two, but I'm only halfway through it. And I realized the last two episodes I watched, I was also unpacking my house. So I've missed quite a bit. What are your thoughts on it so far? Um, It's very, very different to season one. I think season one was more kind of like discovering the ensemble part of it all, like them being numbers, their relationships and their powers and how they worked or didn't work together. Um, And then this time it's a time jump. So it's a little bit more sort of like, cultural and social um, and civil in that particular way, which I think is a great time to do that at the moment. Um, But I don't necessarily like how the whole cast bar sort of, you know, Klaus and his brother, Mm -hmm. um, they're all kind of separated. And I get that it's like, you know, they're putting them in different parts of the world, but I think they're best, they're strongest when they're together. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I'm always uh, a fan with shows. If you've got a strong ensemble, keep the as best you can, keep the ensemble together. Uh, they did something similar with Doom Patrol, which is a show I really like. This season, they they kind of like, like, what if our cast members kind of went off and did their own thing a little bit? And it's always weaker than when you've got the cast you love bouncing off each other. Exactly. Um, and the more you fall in love with the characters, you want those interactions. Absolutely. You know? Uh, I actually have only seen the first two episodes of season one and the first episode of season two. So I've got to get stuck back into Doom Patrol big time, actually. Mm-hmm. The little Recommend. mouse girl I found was bothersome, though. I'm going to talk like this all the time. And I'm like, oh, you could not. <laughs> yeah. But she is. That's fine. Um, reading. I have just finished Bloodline by Claudia Gray, the Star Wars book um, I was doing for Notice Book Club. It takes place six years before The Force Awakens and follows Leia's journey to kind of not being a huge staple in the Senate and becoming the lead, leader of the resistance or like cool. a big, the general the general in the resistance. And it was such a great book. I love Claudia Gray's um, Star Wars books. She also did Lost Stars a couple of years before that was released. And she's got two new books coming out. Uh, one of them is called High Republic. But she also did Master and Apprentice with Qui-Gon Jinn and I think Anakin? Qui-Gon Jinn and, no, it can't be. It's an apprentice before, so it must be Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Yeah. Um, but I actually got her on Geek Bombs After Show Book Club. Um, so we actually had a one-hour chat with Claudia Gray about how how you write a Star Wars book because you'd think it would be full of, like, parameters and boundaries and don't say that and it has to be contained with this. She told me she got a page and a half 
about um, Bloodline and she got to fill in the rest. Nice. So really, really fantastic chat with her and that is actually available on Geek Bomb's YouTube right now. If you like Star Wars books or any of Claudia Gray's stuff or want, you know, want to see me just absolutely excited and melting for an hour, check that one out. That's Love my it. power. That's really cool. Uh, for me, well, first off, I, you are actually the second guest we've had that is revisiting The Witcher. Uh, uh, Emma Fife was on last week. She started reading the books. Um, of course, watched the show, um, has been playing the game again. Uh, and so it's interesting. I, I love that people are revisiting that one because I have a lot of affection for that uh, franchise. I like the game. Uh, I played Witcher 3, loved it. Uh, been it's in- so European. Yeah. It's a, Polish, it's a Polish game developing studio and they treat their lore with such respect, you know, because the books came out a while ago yeah. and it's like a really revered series. And I love the homage, you know, side of it all. Yeah. Well, I also like, um, for me specifically, uh, the thing I attach to a lot is I, and I said this with Emma as well. I like the idea of just a working class monster killer. Like he's not here to save the world. He's not here to what he's here to get paid, pay me and yep. I'll kill your monster. That's get it. Paid, get laid. And, and it, I love it. I, I, I think that's such a great facet of, and obviously it does get into bigger stuff. It is one of my concerns when they talk about like this Witcher spinoff that's supposed to take place in the past. It's like, it sounds yeah. like it's more like traditional Lord of the Rings stuff. And it's like, I've got Lord of the Rings for that. I like Witcher for for this angle, for like the not world saving yeah. stuff. Um, Actually, the book explores also his his uh, personality trait, and I really like this guy is so badass. He's trained. He's a monster killer. He does not get affected by fear, which I noticed. That's why I like playing the game because I that's just obnoxious. Um, I. I'm very empathetic. So when he's not scared, I'm not scared. And yeah. that's actually a lot more better for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the books, he diffuses situations all the time by talking through it. And I think that that is such a like a powerful masculinity that we need to celebrate more because in so many things, it's like, I've got a sword. I'm just going to kill you. Yeah. You know, it's like punch now, ask questions later. So to actually reverse that and to de-escalate through conversation and questioning things, and he's so smart, like in how he handles it, and he'll turn it back on the person to try and explain their actions. And they realize, oh, yeah, we actually don't need to fight. I was wrong. I'm like, yay, that's great. I I think that's a really great take. And I know, I don't know how it is in the book, but I I like in the game that 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 kind of energy is put into uh, talking through stuff is like, because I don't, it's a lot of work to fight and kill things, so I'd rather just not. It's not some sort of altruistic, like, let's all hold hand. It's more like, why? Why are you going to yeah. put make me put in the effort to do this when I don't have to? He's covered in stars. He's like, I'm just I'm so sick of yeah, it. I'm tired. I've been around a while. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, so for me, I've been playing uh, uh, Red Dead Online. I got into mm-hmm. that over the break. Um, and I think I, I'm about played out on that. So I'm... I'm about to i'm on the fence of getting a newer game or going and playing an older game spending a little less money and playing an older game that i didn't get a chance to play when it came out so i'm looking What's at that one i'll tell you if it's worth it so there's two i'm thinking of one yeah. is bioshock infinite which i knew i never got a chance i love yes i yes great yes i love bioshock the first bioshock i didn't play bioshock 2 um, but I've heard nothing but great things about Infinite. Bioshock Infinite is not like the first Bioshock at all. I've heard. Bioshock, yeah. Yeah. It's super steampunk. I loved it. Great storytelling. I had to hide under a blanket when it finished. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I, I think that's that's one. The other one, when I was going through the store and I was looking that up, I came across L.A. Noir, 
which was also by Rockstar. Um, and it was there. Feel the, good yeah. by Shokin Okay. Gotcha. 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 So I'm, you know, I played LA Noir when I was knowing I was going to move to America and I just drove around the streets on the right side of the road to like get mm-hmm. my head around that. Yeah. Yeah. Get your, so thank get you your LA Noir for making me a better driver. That's yeah. great. I, how, what is the learning curve with that? Cause I've never had to go someplace where, uh, the, the driving situation was different. And I would imagine so, it takes a minute. When you have to sit in the opposite side of the car, your spatial awareness on the opposite corner okay. is shattered. Okay. So when I, because I grew up driving on the right side of the car on the left side of the road. Yes. Um, and so reverse parking is opposite. Like it's all opposite. Mm-hmm. But when I came to America, I needed someone to sit in the right, like the passenger seat, because my spatial awareness, I was always way too close to parked cars and on the median strip because I naturally wanted to position myself on the right side of the road thinking I had all this room on the left side. So I actually wasn't hugging the median strip at all. I was really, really close to the gutter. So I needed someone in there being like, you're too close, you're too close, you're too close, and to like realign that. But parking a car as well, like you just don't know the distance of the opposite top of the hood of the car, bonnet. Hood, bonnet. I can't remember what you call it. We do hood, but the bonnet works too. Great. Yeah. So, uh, is is it now at this point, like when you go back and uh, go home and visit that, is it kind of like being bilingual that you're able to like switch between the two pretty easily? No. Depends how long it's been. The first few times I came back, I was fine. The last time I went back, because it had been about a year and a half that I'd driven, uh, there is one place in my hometown that I can go to the major the major shopping mall because I, as a teenager, had done that to death. Yeah. But if I'm to go in a new area. No, no, and then when no. When I come back, when I come back, sometimes I'll turn and realize I'm on the wrong side of the road. Man, that's super so, scary to me. Just driving, driving can be stressful under normal conditions, and uh, just flipping that. There's actually a band I really enjoy um, named Idols, uh, who is a UK band, and one of their videos that recently came out uh, is just them driving the car. And every time I watch the video, it's like you're on the wrong side. <laughs> There's that just that split second in my brain of like you're sitting on the wrong side of the car. Um, yeah. <laughs> so for me, uh, I'll check out Bioshock Infinite. The newer games I'm considering are Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us 2. Um, but my normal... Uh, Last of Us 2 is probably not the best kind of game to play during a lockdown as well. It's emotionally heavy. I haven't played it, but I interviewed Troy Baker about it all and yeah. like you know, heard a lot of the fallout, I guess you could say. Um, so I think hold on to that one. I actually never finished Last of Us because I'm not good at stealth. And you have to sneak around because it's a sonic kind of hearing. Yep. I got my neck eaten out, not in a good way, the whole time. Yeah. So it's like I was sick of dying. And I, it's like, I again, I'm empathetic. And I'm here going, I'm killing this person. This person. I'm, I'm responsible. So many oh. versions of this person is dead. I actually played the first Last of Us during this. It, You know what? I was going to say it feel like, feels like forever ago. No, but honestly, it feels like months ago because at this point, it was months ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think waiting on that is probably a good suggestion. So I'll probably do... Um, Bioshock Infinite. Ghost of Tsushima, I've heard, is stunning. It is beautiful. The gaming mechanics and like combat is really quite clever because they challenge you not to just do the same hack and slash, you know, blind grind. Yeah. Um, blind grind. Blind grind. Yeah, it works. I'm going to coin that one. Mm-hmm. That's mine now. Thanks Copyright. Trademark. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Ghost of Tsushima, and I'm the same. I'm so busy in Witcher, but I think because, again, it's on PlayStation and the graphics are just insane yeah. and it's... Um, 
yeah, and I think it's, again, paying homage to, like, the traditional sort of, like, old-school Japanese films because you can play it in black and white, though most people do colour because it's just too stunning not to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I might do that one with you as well. But Bioshock Infinite, oh, my God, what a good game. I'll do that first. I'll save myself some money and do that first, and then I'll probably dive into uh, Ghost of Tsushima because I saw, I saw a headline that was like, Ghost of Tsushima is just Red Dead, but with Samurai, I'm like, you, you're saying that like it's a bad thing, and now I want the game more than ever. <laughs> <laughs> now I want it more than ever. So that's uh, so I'm probably going to start playing uh, Bioshock Infinite. Um, yep. Watching, I've been watching Insecure on HBO. Uh, I've been really enjoying uh, that, uh, written and created by Issa Rae. Um, uh, you talk about empathy. It's funny. Like I watch a lot of shows where it's like, and there's um, people are murdering each other, and there's explosions, and there's this member and I'm like, fine. This show. Uh, her, uh, Issa and Molly are the two leads, and uh, they do so much to block their own blessings. They like, they like, they, they stumble headfirst into like bad relationships and stuff like that. And for some reason, that's the thing. They're like, girls, t- treat yourself right. Don't go, don't go out with that guy. He's not going to treat you right. Don't do that. Uh, it's I don't know but why we it's can like change them, DJ. No, they we can't can though. No. So I don't know why like shooting and maiming and violence totally okay, but uh, but these girls just like learning and doing life and making mistakes. I'm like, no, <laughs> do better. So for all the people that ask me, this is my nail file. I'm just having a little bit of a oh. <laughs> um, for all the people that are like, why are you single? It's because I won't put up with that bullshit because mm-hmm. I don't want to fix someone and because I want someone to lift me up instead of me fucking carrying them the whole yeah. time. Absolutely. That's uh, also, speaking of, uh, Sam mentioned, Sam's uh, been uh, telling me about Inf- uh, Infinity Train, um, which is on HBO Max. It's a Cartoon Network show, but it's on HBO Max. And so the other day, I saw the episodes were only 12 minutes. Um, and so I spent a second, I just watched the first episode, and I am crazy in. So for those that don't know, um, it's a little bit of an anthology series where these people end up on this um, the Infinity Train, which is these these building this train whose cars are like building sized. They're basically each train car is its own little universe. Um, and uh, there's Snowpiercer. No, huh? No, yeah. But it's it's Snowpiercer, except in Snowpiercer, the train cars are train cars like they're the size of train cars. And this, it's it's you're entering an, it's uh, each train car is it's a little pocket dimension. Um, oh. with its own set of rules, like, like, uh, um, the first one in the first episode, the main girl, she goes in the one that's this grid. And when you touch the squares on the grid, it makes other squares. So you're able to like make walls and buildings and stuff like that. Oh, um, okay. and she uses that to an escape on a, a monster. Um, and with this, the music cues are very similar to, you know, uh, nostalgic eighties movies and shows. So in that, and, and it, it, it kind of has vibes similar to stranger things. Um, okay. but the, because but it's of, animated it but it's animated and the in the wild creativity that animation lends it uh it's using that to it's the best of its abilities and uh so i i have only watched the first episode but i'm very in i'm very excited to see the rest of that so that's what i'm watching reading oh this week i've um uh dc released uh green lantern Earth One Volume Two. For those that don't know, the Earth One series of comics is kind of an alternate take, a more grounded take on DC's classic characters. Um, and so, this is the second volume of Green Lantern. Um, uh, after the first volume dealt with him, you know, the classic story of him finding the ring um, and kind of assembling the new Green Lantern core. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is more of the fallout of that. It introduces the Yellow Lanterns. It introduces John Stewart, who's another classic Green Lantern. Um, Jessica? And, uh, John Stewart. 
No, where's Jessica? Jessica's not there yet. We haven't. We we've got like sixteen other human Green Lanterns to get to before we get to Jessica. Um, I'll wait. I'll wait. Um, but it's great in that it it deals uh, more directly with um, more realistic socio political stuff of how a first contact with aliens and what that would look like, and um, navigating all that stuff. And uh, the art by Gabriel Hardman is incredible. And uh, so I highly recommend going and checking that out. I recommend all if you're if you are vaguely interested in DC comics or characters, but you, you don't really have an in, I recommend the earth one comics. Cause it's just a, it's just an easy gateway into these characters, into their worlds, into their mythologies that kind of more resemble what you might expect to see in a movie, as opposed to diving into a comic with like you know, 80 years of history behind it and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and also it's the perfect time to go, you know, obviously, uh, I feel like I can't mention this without mentioning all the big shakeups over at uh, DC. They've, it, it sounds like they've lost about 20 to 25% of their staff uh, due to layoffs and shakeups and all that stuff. Um, and so it's a good time to go support the books um, that you love and the characters that you love. And, and that's a great way of letting, um, you know, the, because the, those, that decision-making is not being made by DC comics. It's being made by higher up, higher, higher up with Warner brothers and AT&T and all that stuff. So let people know, you know, support your local comic shops safely. There's, they do curbside pickup. They do stuff like that. So you wear your mask, wash your hands, all that jazz. But there's ways to support comics and support comic shops safely in this time. And so um, if you're curious or you're interested, I recommend uh, picking up uh, Green Lantern Earth, two, Earth 1 Volume 2. Excuse me. And um, uh, we've got a video coming up this week uh, where I'm talking with Sam Humphreys. Um, also this week, Harley Quinn number 75, which is the last issue of that run, comes out. So I recommend checking that stuff out. Um, let your voice be heard uh, through your dollars. Um, and support these characters uh, so that you know, we'll get more comics and we'll get more stories. Also, all the DC slate of shows that were on their subscription service are all being moved to HBO Max. Yeah. So that's something. And it's, and it's, uh, I'm hoping that the DC Universe app um, has maybe a second life in the, uh, the digital comic space, being able to check out their yeah. backlog there. Um, the, the one I do... The one positive, I think, with the, their original content moving with HBO Max is there might be a wider audience for people to see them, um, specifically um, when it comes to shows like Doom Patrol and Harley Quinn that were already more adult-oriented and are fantastic, like just legitimately fantastic shows. Um, I, I hope we, this change allows more of those shows and more of that. Because you ain't going to get them on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, you're not going to get any of that Disney Plus, uh, and you're probably not going to get it on Hulu either. Because I know Marvel's got that Hellstrom show, but there was not a lick of Marvel branding on that trailer when it came out uh, for Comic Con. So Hellstrom, Hellstrom, yeah, Hellstrom is um, a very obscure. I feel like that's safe to say, a very obscure uh, occult Marvel character in the same realm as like a Blade or Doctor Strange. He's the son. Of, his his title is Hellstrom, the son of Satan, uh, and there was a minute where it looked like Ghost Rider and Hellstrom were both going to have shows on Hulu. Um, right. Ghost Rider got uh, thrown in the trash. I don't know how Hellstrom escaped. I guess uh, it's the son of Satan. He's the son. He's, he, that's how he was able to get away. No, but I, I guess there's probably <laughs> such little interest 
from like Kevin Feige and the powers that be at Marvel of ever using that character for anything ever. They're like, yeah, whatever. Make a Hulu show with this character. I, who gives a shit? Ghost, Ghost Rider we're going to use. We're going to use Ghost Rider. Hellstrom, who cares? Um, but yeah, you're right. You're not going to get those shows on Disney+. Plus. You're not going to get them on, on Hulu. Um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, obviously, we're big fans of comics on the show. So, so please go support that. Danny M in the chat is saying uh, Birds of Prey is hitting HBO Max tonight as of this recording. Yep. Um, let's see. Um, Nathan S is, um, reading Lovecraft country, which, uh, uh, as of this recording is dropping on Sunday. We're going to be doing a review of that, um, for That's only stupid answers. There's book club is, so I started that as well, but I'm not too far in it. Gotcha. And I keep zoned out. <laughs> uh, ringing endorsement. I keep zoning out. <laughs> um, cool. I think. Oh, and uh, Tierra is playing Horizon Zero Dawn, which is one of my favorite games on the PlayStation 4. I love that game. I never did that one. I, I think I got too many like Monster Hunter vibes from it, and I always think I'm going to love Monster Hunter, and I play it for 90 minutes, and I'm like, I am done. Well, I don't know how much this relates to Monster Hunter, but I will say um, you know, I was kind of late to the party with the PS4, and Horizon Zero Dawn was the, one of the first games I got, and it's it's great. You know what? I actually think you might like it because um, I got vibes of whatever the mo- Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Nice. Um, okay, that's a good sell. Yeah, especially- I actually might play Breath of the Wild from the start again next because I never finished it. I remember what it felt like when I finished um, Ocarina of Time, and it was just such a heavy loss because it was over, and I didn't want it yeah. to end. And so. This time around, like 2017 again, it was a good gaming year for me. I played the whole thing and then stopped at the final battle. And a year later, I went back in and I was like, I don't know how it works. (laughs) And so I didn't know. And so I kind of left it. And now it's been so long. I'm just like, maybe I'll just play it again. Yeah, (laughs) maybe we'll go back. Throw another cheeky 80 hours into it and actually finish it this time. And there's DLC now too. So some of those puzzles though. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I I got about maybe two third or maybe a third of the way in, and I bailed. Uh, I stopped playing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think especially with the bow and arrow mechanic, um, Horizon Zero Dawn is very bow and arrow centric. I think you yep, might yep, get yep. vibes of that, and I I really I highly recommend uh, that okay. game. All right, hold up, wait just a second. I got to ask you: Has your morning routine changed at all? Why, why would that happen? Why would your morning routine have to change? <laughs> we'll never know. We may never know. But listen, oral care is important. So let's talk about brushing our teeth. 75% of us use old, worn-out bristles that are ineffective, and even more people forget to floss daily. I gotta be honest with you. I cannot stress enough how much flossing daily has helped my overall mouth health. It is truly important. The dentist is right. Good health starts with good habits. Quip makes it easy by delivering all the oral care essentials you need to brush and floss better. The Quip electric toothbrush has timed sonic vibrations with 30 second pulses to guide a dentist recommended two minute routine and there's even a size down version designed for kids paired with quips anti-cavity toothpaste and mint or watermelon you get all the ingredients teeth actually need and none they don't quip also has an eco-friendly refillable floss with a dispenser you keep for life and expanding string that helps to clean in between quip brush heads toothpaste and floss refills are automatically delivered on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just five dollars each 
a friendly reminder when it's time to refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. And shipping is free. Join over 3 million happy customers and practice good oral care easily and affordably with Quip, starting at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash stupid right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash stupid. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash stupid. Quip, the good habits company. Now back to the show. So let's dive in a little bit to some of, we got uh, questions from our Discord for anybody listening. If um, if you're part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers, you can ask questions on our Discord. Um, you can also watch live. There's a tier where you can watch live and ask questions there. Um, so if you want to be a part of the show, participate in the show, um, that's a great way to do that. Um, so our first question um, is from uh, STS2884. How are you holding up amid everything? I feel like this is a good question. I should have this question for literally for every one of my guests. Uh, how are you holding up? <laughs> are you okay? I think they already know because I've talked about it a lot. Um, and they are a big Geek Bomb supporter. And hey. Backer. Yeah. Some crossover. Um, I mean, as as you know, I am shooting the Quibi show five days a week. And then I shoot uh, Power Up on my one day off. Uh, I have two days off, so that's one of the days off I'm doing that. Power Up and Power Down, which is our Patreon-only after show. So that kind of gives me just one day off a week. And um, what that ends up doing is making me not even realize that there's a pandemic half the time. Yeah. That's good. That's a good place to be. Yeah. I'm just so busy. Yeah, that's a uh, that's yeah. I, I think for me it's similar in that I already worked from home, um, and I was already kind of. Um, I was going to say I'm a shut in. That feels harsh. It may be true, but it feels like a harsh way to say it. Um, and so it it's it's in the little things that you start real like. Um, I have a bad habit that I won't realize how worked up or agitated I'm getting until I snap. Um, uh, and, and then I'm like, oh, I'm stressed out. <laughs> I'm, I'm significantly, I'm significantly more stressed out than I thought I was. I thought I was doing just fine. I'm not. Um, so it's weird. I think it affects everybody differently, but it's good that, um, obviously the busier you, like, I can't imagine with people that had jobs that they had to commute to and oh, maybe unfortunately they're not able to, they're they're doing it from home now or even more unfortunate they don't have their job right now and trying to navigate that time I, I, it's and kids yeah. being an at-home teacher and also trying to do work or yeah yeah oh god thing so all things considered i do not complain i've got it great life is fantastic some days are harder than others but yeah. all in all yeah doing all right um we have a question here from um connor waddle i know maude was a big fan of the magicians i'm curious if she's seen the final season and how she felt about it i actually really liked season one it got me into the show big time uh and then we read the book for geek bum book club last year and the book wasn't as good as the show i think the show did a really good job of kind of like trimming the fat focusing on the things that were a little bit more important to the story um I did watch season two, but I think by the end of season two, beginning of season three-ish, it just started to get dippy. Like, it just started to do balls to the wall, kind of like, what? Um, And I couldn't keep up with it. And I just, I noticed that I was checking out a little bit. And I was like, oh, I don't care as much. 
but I really liked season one and the dynamic and the relationship, you know, between them all. I think Elliot is one of the better characters on television. I think he was just fantastic and great for the LGBTQ community as well. Um, I don't know why we don't call it LGBT community. That feels like a missed opportunity. I mean, I'm always just condensing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think that they spent a little bit too much. I, I personally prefer the structure of being in school and the classes, but then they have like um, this Narnia-esque kind of world that they go in between. And when things, when the story kind of focused a little bit too much over there, I almost got anxiety where I'm like, because time would move fast, faster as well. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's happening back on Earth? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't watch that as much anymore. Sorry, Connor. Uh, yeah, I have a buddy on that uh, on that show, uh, Dominic Burgess. He plays Ember for those that watch the show. He's a good dude. Um, he's also been no, on Feud and enough. Flash and all that stuff. Um, go support his work whenever he's on something. Ember. Um, Ember. He's the big fawn. He's, he's, uh, he and I are a similar height, so he gets a lot of roles of like, large people he's also on picard anybody check that out he was ah i'm blanking on the guy's name it was in the episode where they went to the casino world and he was like one of the muscle he was like a lizard dude um so he's it's ember number yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah um so we got I a, know exactly that is we got uh but fly guy ty i like that how fly guy <laughs> not you too not you <laughs> No more Get out of my comment. <laughs> um, how do you feel about the recent Rogue One prequel news? Obviously, you know, you've been on our show a few times to talk about Star Wars. You're, you're Star Wars, a yeah. professed it, Star Wars it, fan. Is it going to be a movie or a show? I actually really, really like the directions of their television much more than their movies at the moment. So I'm more excited about the Obi-Wan uh, series. I've been loving Mandalorian. Is this going to be a movie? It's supposed to be. Like- it's supposed to be a show uh, following Cassian right. Andor from Rogue One, uh, played by Diego Luna. Um, and just mm-hmm. recently, um, Adria Arjona was cast in it as well. And it looks like, according to IMDb, uh, we've also got um, uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, Genevieve O'Reilly is back playing Mon Mothma. And Alan Tudyk is back at playing um, K- K2SO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great, great. Uh, Alan Tudyk as K2SO was the best part of Rogue One. Agreed. He's a fantastic droid. Uh, I really like Diego Luna. I actually liked his ca- character and he would throw aside like little nuggets of his past. And I'm like, let's go back to that. That was really interesting and it was such a throwaway line. But that's all we got to know about him. So expanding on that, I think is great. Uh, I just don't want it to be a little bit convoluted in terms of timeline because remember this is all canon now. And I think that, yeah. you know, you've got to you got to pace yourself a little bit. Like, where does the Mandalorian fit into things? It's after, is it before? Like, and if we're going to have Diego Luna's history, it's like, okay, well, Rogue One fit in there. So then this is going to be way back then. Yeah. Like, I understand it's a um, in a galaxy far, far away in a long time ago, but it also needs to make sense. And I don't want it to be too time jumpy hoppy. But in saying that, more Diego Luna is always a good thing. He's got a production company, I only recently learned, with... Um, Gael Garcia Bernal, yes. who they were both in a movie a very long time ago called, was it E? E to Mama uh, Tambien? Is that the one? Or I... Mama Tambien. Yeah. That's the one. Um, and so I kind of love the fact that, you know, they would have done that as late teenagers because they had just graduated high school in the movie. And it was sort of like a, you know, self discovery, uh, sort of like drama, com- not really comedy, more of a drama. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, figuring out their relationship. Quite an adult movie. Um, oh, yes, it is. 
Yes, yep. it is. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad casually said to me that he loved the movie. It was one of his favorites. And I got it in my head that they were going to travel through Mexico and like end up like kind of getting in trouble with the cartel. And so I, that's all in my mind the whole time. And I was watching this movie and I was watching it with a then boyfriend who also, you know, I told him, oh, this is one of my dad's favorite movies. Yeah, yeah, and we're yeah. watching all these nude scenes and he's like, your dad likes this? And I was like, oh, my God. But he maintains that it's a really, really well-written movie because it's Alfonso Cuaron, yeah. Cuaron, yep. never going to get that perfect, uh, who did the best Harry Potter out there. But he Agreed. did Roma and he's like such an intelligent filmmaker. And you could tell this was almost like an excerpt from his life or, you know, whatever was going on. Um, but yeah, that was uncomfortable, DJ. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I imagine. I imagine. Yeah. yeah, I I think I don't know if I've seen it all the way through. I saw it in college because I was a big fan of Children of Men, who um, Alfonso Cuarón also did. Um, and so I was checking. Very different than Children of Men. Yep. Very very different yep. movie. Um, but yeah, it was one of those like, oh my, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. I would imagine it's similar. Obviously, you weren't watching it with your dad, which I think would have been even more awkward. But I imagine it's similar if you're like telling your parents about game of thrones or and you're watching it with them for the first time or something you're like oh yeah oh yeah this is especially the early seasons like oh yeah this is this happens a lot in this show tna yeah a lot of it got to get the the uh, those hbo dollars Tip count mm-hmm. um, um as far as the star wars tv shows go i don't have i don't know if you've been on the show since mandalorian aired what were your thoughts on mandalorian i liked it uh, some people have really big issues with pacing or didn't like the pilot. I thought the pilot was the best episode. Um, I loved the mix of humor that John Favreau injected into a Star Wars universe, and it felt very Star Wars. But I think some of the best stuff is that when they go away from Skywalkers, because it's like, it's kind of like the opposite of Harry Potter. Harry Potter built a really strong story around Harry. The world building was fine. But when they tried to do Fantastic Beasts in a different time era in the world, it, yeah. no one cared. No yeah. one cared. And it was shit. Yeah. But here, it's like, yeah, I get the Star- Skywalker trilogy and that's really, really cool. But the universe is so expanse and so great. Like, what else is happening in this area? Which is why Lost Stars, the book, was fantastic because it was not about a Skywalker or a Jedi. It was about two people that worked in the on the Death Star yeah. And the moral implications of seeing them blow up a planet, you know, yeah, for to prove a point. Um, because you talked about um, uh, the Star Wars books earlier. Um, how do the new Star Wars books kind of compare to the expanded universe books back in the day that are now? I think I never read Legends. Them. Oh, you weren't you weren't a big expanded I universe. Never did Legends. Okay. No, because um, it was the same thing with kind of comic books where I remember going to the library and there were a bunch of books, but I'd pick one up and it would be book three out of seven. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, where's one and two? And it's like, you know, it was not easy to kind of get into in that way. And it was a big step to take. So I actually never, never read them. Um, or, or I did when I was 12 and I forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I really, really like and what you didn't get with Legends is that they're on Audible and the hello puppy and the audio books have um, access to all of the LucasArts archives, so they have access to all the soundtracks and the music oh, cool. and the scores and the sound bites and sound effects. So when a when blaster doors open, you hear them. Yeah. <laughs> when the you know ion cannons are firing up, you hear that. And when there's a really tense moment, um, you know, it's probably not Vader, but like you know, you'll you'll hear 
the John Williams score and cool. it just elevates the experience so much. So that is what I'm enjoying about the new books. So, you, and, and oh, it sounds like you also find the new books to be more accessible to like audiences and stuff. Does, do you yeah. think there's any, is it, I mean, I guess you talked to the author, so, and she only got a page and a half. Uh, I would imagine there's a significant, because. And you can what, pitch as well. That's what I took away from that was interesting. You can say, here are my ideas. I want to focus on this particular timeline. And they'll go, okay. Cool. Sometimes. Sometimes cool. they're like, oh, there's another property kind of touching on that. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, it's like, it's, it's out for the taking. Because, uh, you know, obviously, theoretically, all a majority of comics are supposed majority of Marvel comics, majority of DC comics are all supposed to be in continuity and connected, but it's, it's kind of loosey goosey. You know what I mean? Like there's not, there's a lot more leeway. It feels like it's not that way with star Wars right now. They don't want to, they don't want to have a legends 2.0. So they want to contain it more and anything that falls into that book is then considered Canon. And so she was actually telling me she, um, one part of the book to woo layer over they had a bottle and they imported or found a bottle of um, Alderanian wine. And this wine was obviously brewed on Alderaan and it was very heavily associated with the planet. And so when she tasted it, she was like, oh my goodness, I'm like basically being transported back to my destroyed home planet. And when she went to um, Galaxy's Edge in Galaxy's Edge, I haven't been there. Mm-hmm. Was it Galaxy's Edge? I th- it's Galaxy's um, Edge, I think. I also have not been there. Yeah. But when she went to like the bar, the cantina, you could order that drink. That's and she's great. like, something that I created is now canonical and a part of the world. That's nuts. Uh, you know, yeah. speaking of, uh, I also haven't been to Galaxy Edge, Edge. I hear the lines are great right now. <laughs> I would I would not. I've been to Disneyland once. Nice. That, that would not, not a fan? Is that, is that how I'm... I'm not a theme park girl. I'm too tall to stand that long and I have no patience for other people. There you go. Yeah, so you're not a theme park person and, and now is not the great, the best time to go to theme parks. Anybody in Florida right now? I wish I got more excited, but 45 minutes, like, I have a business mind. Mm-hmm. So wait 45 minutes for a three-minute ride. That is a lot of input for not a great output personally mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's done. And I'm like, okay. But for me, it was a, a checklist. It's like, all right, I've got to get through this. I did a really funny video actually because um, I was sent there through Disneyland Adventures, which is a video game. Yes. So Xbox, you know, sent a bunch of influencers to test out their new games and to like try all of that. And then we got pass, passes to the actual um, Disneyland area. And I got to stay the night in the hotel. Like it was a whole thing. Um, but, but I thought it would be really funny like to take screen, like to capture image in the game of me playing it as this little girl going through the areas and then recreate that actually in the park. So yeah. I kind of looked like her and I did the same movements. And I reposted it on TikTok. It got like 1.3 or something million views. Nice. And I was like, yeah. And everyone's like, oh, my God, you're on Disney TikTok. And it's like, oh, this is so cool. You must love Disney. And I was like, <laughs> I like going for a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked that I didn't have to pay for it. Real quick, before we go any further, I'd like to take a second to talk to you about our friends over at Magic Spoon. If you're like me, uh, when you were a kid growing up, you loved your sugary breakfast. For me, that was a variety of toaster pastries that were crazy on sugar. And as I've gotten older, I can't do that to myself anymore. My body can't take it, which makes it feel like there's nothing fun that you can have and eat for breakfast anymore. 
But never fear, Magic Spoon is here to save your breakfast routine. It has zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. There are four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. It tastes so amazing, it's honestly too good to be true. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. I'm personally a big fan of cocoa-flavored anything, but I'm also a big fan of blueberry, so check those flavors out. Go to magicspoon.com slash stupid to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code STUPID at checkout to get free shipping. Love the free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund you your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash stupid and use the code stupid for free shipping. Big thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this podcast. Now back to the show. We got a question here from Danny. Uh, how has your... Oh, Danny. How have you adapted your RPG lifestyle in this quarantine era? What um, characters are you playing, currently playing in any, or on any campaigns, if any? Got it. So is this RPG video games or tabletop? I assume tabletop. That was my Got assumption it. from this question. Um, but I guess it could also be RPG. Alrighty, my TTRPG. Uh, yeah, I had a regular game that I would play with. Uh, you guys might know these people. Satine Phoenix, who's big in the D&D world. Christina Ariel, who is also um, a big in the tabletop scene. Uh, my buddy Kyle Newman was the DM. Um, Will Wheaton was playing in that one. Uh, Deborah Ann Wall was also in that. So I missed that game. And I was playing a high elf, um, but like Beastmaster called Lyra Teagarden. And I really kind of loved, you know, I kind of was just like, what if Sansa and Arya were the one person? (laughs) So they were raised as a noble and they grew up with, you know, cross stitch and teacups and, you know, had that lifestyle. But you you also wanted out of that life. So it's like, you were confined by these walls. There was a huge world out there that you wanted to explore. Um, and so, yeah, she would like secretly learn archery and skills sword fighting in between classes. And then she just bailed. And so the whole sort of like campaign for me is it's not about money. It's not about riches. It's about the notoriety of like, and reputation of being a beast slayer. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Aria Sansa slash Witcher. I dig <laughs> so it. I missed I that. It. Yeah. Um, but I am actually playing with Deborah Ann Wall, uh, Hogwarts Battle. She has scanned all of the board game and uploaded it into Roll20. Oh, cool. And so every weekend we would play that and it's so fun. So I think we're getting back into that this week because we had a couple of months off, you know, because life got a bit hard. <laughs> um, they're kind of like the only ones. But then, of course, Fungents and Flaggers is going to go online for season three. Yeah. So, so tell us more about that. Oh, so Fungus and Flagons, I absolutely love it. And I love that it's an interactive experience. So through Patreon, you get to decide factors and they play out in the game. Uh, and that has been incredibly rewarding as Thierry, who if is watching live, knows. Because uh, one time someone was falling off a cliff and they rolled to catch to their fall and they didn't. So they kept falling. So they used a charge and this charge was a submitted thing so you'd pull into a bag basically and you'd pull out something yeah and but it was a random effect so you'd roll a d20 and whatever number it landed on was the number of the list and i shit you not they pulled out a mary poppins umbrella love it and they were like you're mary poppins bitch (laughs) and it's like if you are falling you float gently to the ground and it was the most amazing kind of in-game random life-saving thing that was just fantastic so 
I really like that. Um, this season already is looking a lot different. Okay. Um, last year I worked with um, like all the top tiers of Patreon. Uh, pa- yeah, Patreon. We would be in a hangout together and trying to decide it. And I kind of realized that having 12 cooks in the kitchen was a little bit difficult. Um, and the storyline didn't actually, like it was a struggle to try and have it make sense because every week we would change sort of big things. Yeah. So I'm going to simplify it again because I truly believe that the first season of SourceFed D&D was the best there. Um, but we are using sort of like different inspirations and because it's going to be online and not in person, it's going to focus a lot more on the improv side of things. Love it. So random effects might happen and change the storyline or their characters and they have to kind of just deal with it. Uh, So I'm really excited about that. But I also have so much anxiety because it has to be compelling viewing. It has to be Mm -hmm. different to the five other seasons that I have done. Um, And it has to be able to, you know, have give people enough power in game that they feel like they've, they've, you know, they're playing God in a way. Yeah. So it's a, it's a lot, which is why I can only really do one a year or every year and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get it. So when do you have a release date for that yet? Or is that still pending? Not necessarily a date. I'm still locking in my three uh, regular guests for okay. that, but I've also got a long list of guest uh, scenarios in those guest players in there. That'll be really, really fun. Uh, previously, we've done, we used to record two episodes back to back. So now it is going to be weekly. So there's a lot more flexibility in that uh, arena as well. Um, but it's going to be in the next three to four weeks, I think, three weeks. So I've got to lock a few things down, get more of an idea about it, do a bunch of promo because it is a fundraiser. I'm doing fun, like it's fundgens and flagons as well as fungens and flagons, but it's like a way to keep Geek Bomb alive. Um, So we're going to be doing a series of sort of like marketing and promo to build up the hype and then we're in. Very cool. And so for more info on that, you can, uh, that's at your Patreon. Yeah, you won't have any info at the moment. Discord, we have a subreddit, a, a subsection of Discord, which is all Fungens talk. And I actually do have a Fungens subreddit as well. So if you do want direct uh, info just relaying on that, those two are the best places to go. But you, I think, need to be a backer to get that Fungens access anyway. Gotcha. So so stay tuned for all of that. But speaking of, um, you mentioned Deborah Ann Wall, who I know you just had on your Power Up show. Um, yes. We have a question here from Boiler Huff. What have you enjoyed most about the new Power Up show that you're doing with Trisha Hirschberger? Do you have mm-hmm. a favorite guest so far? Um, my favorite part about Power Up is that I get to see and speak to Trisha every week. Mm-hmm. Um, we never work together at SourceFed. I... Technically, I was supposed to replace Lee. Not many people know this. I was hired to replace Lee. And then Jeremy, our boss, was like, oh, guys, um, she's a nerd. Mm -hmm. Like, she's more of a nerd than anyone on the nerd channel. So we have to put her on nerd. And I remember Darren being like, no, because he wanted me on SourceFed. And, you know, it kind of came down to me. He's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to be on a channel with 1.7 million uh, and do SourceFed and news stories? Or do you want to do the 650,000 channel and talk about nerd? And I was like, nerd. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so, but I got to, I ended up replacing Trisha. So really kind of becoming solid friends and bonding and chatting and geeking out with her each week is my favorite part of it. My favorite guest, we have had three guests back to back that have been bananas. Troy Baker, the voice of, um, Joel from the last of us series. And he voices so much. Yep. He's a busy boy. Every time he, every time he talks, listening is a pleasure. Like Mm -hmm. I learn and he's such a great storyteller that, I like, I don't even need to talk. And it's just an hour of just like being elevated in life. I yeah. oh, love it. The week after that, we had Dante Bosco. Nice. Hook 
from Rufio and Zuko, Prince Zuko from Avatar. So I had just binged the whole of Avatar in two and a half days. So having him on to talk about what it was like being Zuko, how his life changed, um, what it was like being on set with Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman, yeah. uh, that he, again, had such great stories that were so enriching and the whole time I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And then we had Deborah Ann Wall after yeah. that. And she talks from such a vulnerable place of what it was like growing up being a geek, how um, and what Dungeons and Dragons means to her. Yeah. Um, but, you know, also ways to be a better person on this planet, which is kind of so important and invigorating and inspiring. So all three of those guests back to back were just like phenomenal. And I almost feel sorry for whoever they're going to get next because it's like, we got a bar happening yeah. here. You, mm. said, you said it high. You said it high. That's, that's awesome. And so people, um, uh, for people that want to check out that show, where's the best place to watch it? If you like to listen to podcast versions, we have a podcast, Look Up Geek Bomb, on wherever you get your good podcasts. There's a newer one. You can see all the Power Up episodes there. You can also listen to season one and two of Fungents and Flagons on there as well if you go way, way, way back. Um, But we also break down the uh, PWR and interview portions on VOD for Geek Bomb. So Geek Bomb's YouTube channel has all the playing, the watchings, the readings, and the interview portions separately. Very cool. Very cool. And I know on that YouTube, you also have some of your um, celebrity interviews and stuff like that, right? I haven't done a celebrity interview for a while. Why? Why is that? <laughs> so we're doing, and one of mine's embargoed still. I interviewed uh, the cast of Quiet Place 2. Oh, I, snap. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be a minute. It's going to be a minute before anybody sees that one. Yep. So that was oh, my geez. last concert. But we're oh. doing compilations, which has been really, really fun um, because I've had some really great moments in there. So, yeah, you can see all of those. We're going to be uploading more sort of like repurposing and archiving and doing compilations. So just to break it up a bit, because it's just a bit power heavy at the moment. Yeah, I and I actually that. started up a different YouTube channel to do all the celebrity interviews so we could keep the geek chat and the celebrity chat separate. Mm-hmm. But then the celebrity interviews stopped. So we're just huh. like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just combine it again. Yeah, again. We'll, just, we'll just merge it back together. It makes sense to me. Uh, we have a question here from Danny Boy. Hey, Boss Bomb. N- uh, know you're a big fan of the Dresden Files books. Have you had a chance to see the TV show? If so, what do you, uh, what did you think? I, I like these questions a lot because you and I have been friends for a while now. And then it's like, I know you love the Dresden books. I'm like, wow, she loves the Dresden books? I didn't know that. DJ, we've been friends for half a decade. We have. That's true. That's crazy to think about. Yikes. Yeah. Um, where did that time go? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is so weird because I'm still 26. I yeah, it's wild. It's, uh, it's crazy. <laughs> Love the Dresden Files. I've listened to them all through twice. Uh, not like, And I put Thierry Fournier, who just asked a previous question, onto them. And he's listened to them. I think he's on his third listen to in under a year. So I am creating little, what do you call them? Dress heads? What are, I, I don't, you get to create it. You're a wizard, Harry's. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but they're great. I actually, because of that, did venture into the show. It was available on Tubi, which was a free streaming service. You just have to cool. put up with ads every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you, I lasted about two episodes. That shit was camp as fuck. Uh, yeah. It was like, it was like bad charmed. Wow. Wow. That's I I, just to point out, uh, it started Paul Blackthorne, who a lot of our audience might know uh, from Arrow. Um, But he's great. He's a really good actor. Yeah. But But the script was terrible. The the budget was low. Yeah. It was just corny. 
but I lasted two episodes. So and it only had one season. For for because I only knew about it from the show, and then I knew it was based on a book, but I never took a chance to check out the books. For those that don't know, um, the pitch for Dresden, um, what is it about, and what what would get people into it? It's a series about a wizard named Harry, but mm-hmm. not what you think. Yeah. It is set in Chicago. It is a supernatural noir detective story. So Harry is an adult detective who's the only, if you look up in the white pages, he's the only wizard mm-hmm. that's listed in there. Um, and he basically, he's, he does cases where it's, you know, and he works with the Chicago PD on cases that are a little bit paranormal. So that alone is fantastic. It deals with werewolves, vampires. The lore and world building is fantastic in it. The characters, some people don't like them. I adore the characters in this. Um, and it's just a really fun time. But again, the audio books, Spike from Buffy, James Masters. Oh, great. Narrates them. And he is, I get goosebumps talking about it every time. He is next level. He doesn't read words. He tells a story and there is such a difference and it's so immersive like that, that it's actually wrecked a lot of other audiobooks for me because the standard was so high with those. So if you want perfect escapism, if you want to be in a story that James Masters narrates and if you want 16 books because you'll punch one out a week because you can't stop, the best investment you can make. So, excuse me, Uh, you've mentioned some audiobooks. Is that kind of your, oh my God. <clears throat> excuse me uh, is, is that kind of your uh, preferred uh, method for ingesting books so i'm re- like i used to read a there was a time before facebook i read a book a day um <clears throat> you've got to do you, you just you're dying or no no just something went down the wrong, wrong pipe you know how that <laughs> is yeah why because fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, same fly uh, it flew through the camera yeah um, I, since having mobile phones and it being grafted into my hand, I really struggle with switching off to read a book. I will mm-hmm. get in the zone and I will be fine, but it's the first couple of pages that I really struggle with. So I realized I like multitasking. I like doing two things at once. And when I was driving all the time, listening to a book while driving was a perfect solution. Walking my dog, walking around the neighborhood, being read to was amazing. And it would mean that I would do two things at once. So I find I get more done with audiobooks. The problem is you can't do both things at 100%. Yeah. So I'm doing both at 50 or I'm slowly walking and listening at 80% or I'm driving quite poorly, but listen, no, yeah. I'm driving, I'm concentrating, but missing the story. So a lot of the time I'll, tune, I'll tune out for a minute or two and then kind of snap back and yeah. I'll be able to pick it up, but I could miss some things. So it's not as good as the quality of reading, but even when I read my mind drifts a little bit. Yeah. So I prefer audio in that sense. You're driving and you start driving on the wrong side of the road. You're back in Australia. You're like, wait, what's happening? Uh, what's happening? We got this last question from Afrin. Um, did you get it? Not close. Ah, okay. Um, in the year since your last drink riddles, drunk riddles video, excuse me, uh, available on Geek Bombs YouTube, uh, has your taste in alcohol changed or stayed relatively the same? When we do drunk riddles, it's usually because we have to find something that we both like. And okay. I drank way too much tequila in my early twenties, yeah. so like that's done. Um, I have like literally a refluxal reaction to it Mm -hmm. um and but then sam would like bourbon and brown spirits which i really don't so we had to try and find something that was passable for both of us yeah which meant we would drink fireball nice (laughs) which is regret in a glass Mm -hmm. um 
and in this particular one, we I, we had a few options. Uh, none of them were great. So I don't drink like that. Uh, drunk riddles is drink to get drunk, you know. Yeah. Um, and when we did Funders and Flagons, it was tequila, actually. Um, and that was messy. When I have discovered I'm allergic to red wine, I would drink red wine. Mm-hmm. And now that like two glasses, one glass makes me just a little ugh the next day. It's yeah. not worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the first month or six weeks of quarantine, I was like, it's five o'clock, let's drink. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed I'm actually just not as much anymore. I just don't really, I forget that I can. So I'm just not. Yeah. And it's so you, no, it hasn't impacted my drinking at all. So you've kind of uh, got back into sort of a rhythm with your day. Cause like you were talking about, you're just so busy. It's not really like the, the quarantine of it all is not drunk. registering. I don't drink to get drunk. I hate being drunk and I hate hangovers and my hangovers are raw donk. It's not worth it. Uh, so do you just you drink because you like the taste? What's the. Um, yeah. And it's like a social kind of thing. But like even then it's like two, two drinks and I'm great. Like I can stop and I don't have an all or nothing personality. I'm everything in moderation. Um, so I can have a glass and be done. Uh, my glass is ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally get that. I, I'm. I'm I was going to say I I'm two, similar, I but I don't. White Claws playing Mario Party last night. Nice. How yeah. is which version? Which version of Mario Party are we on at this point? The Mario Party, whatever's on the Switch. Okay. Is it just called I like it was Lena. Is Let's it go. Mario Party Switch? Is that just what it's? No, I think it's like Mario Party Ten. Oh my god! It should be X. You don't want to miss the X. You gotta. You if you get ten games, you gotta get the X. Come on. Yeah, the X. Uh, that's what a fucking Mortal Kombat did. You got to do what Mortal Kombat does. Come on, Mario Party. Yeah, it's true. See, you don't want to miss the X. It's it's a big moment when you get to have that X. You should do that when you do ten your tenth season of Fungins and Flagons. It should be Fungins and Flagons X. No, not that. It will be a treasure map. It will be. It'll be. It'll literally Fungins and Flagons X marks the spot. Boom, done. See, so you, you this is season six. So technically, it's season three of Fungeons. Got it. But got I it. did, I did two. I did two back in SourceFed days, and then Joel uh, picked up the mantle. Got it. Um, so there were three iterations, but I did two of them. So this is technically my fifth that I have designed. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, that'll be really exciting. I'm excited to check that out. I'm just looking over here at the chat in our um, in our YouTube chat for people watching live. Danny Boy says X is gonna get you. Uh, Danny M's asking. No, X is gonna give it to you. See, gotta give it to you. Gotta get it right. Uh, and Danny M says, have you all tried Fall Guys, which we talked a little bit about with Emma Five before? I have not played. I've heard Fall a guys. lot about it. I think it would give me anxiety, and I don't really get anxiety, but like games where you have to rely on someone else and they're not good like you can be the best driver in the world but someone can run into you you know that's i think think that's kind of why as much as i've enjoyed red dead online i i don't really like online experiences especially since i've I've found ways to work around it in red dead but there's always something you're going you're enjoying yourself and then some asshole will just come along and just fuck up your shit because i guess they got nothing going on in their life and uh and it's just like this is What's the point of this? Why am I doing this to myself? Yep. Um, so and I can't use the headset because I don't want to get vitriol. Nope. Don't need it. So I'm just there like, I'll tell you what, though. I had a bad experience with that. This is my, these are my confessions. Okay. I actually really liked um, Plants vs. Zombies. But nice. I didn't know that. I think I was playing. There was some sort of like Xbox bar or whatever. But like, I didn't know that I 
the speakers were on and I didn't know that there was a microphone. Mm. And I'm here going, this fuck knuckle piece of shit. How hard is it? How fucking hard is it to do this? And then I like, I'm I'm like this for 10, 15 minutes. And then all of a sudden I hear, Dad, it's a pizza. <laughs> and this kid has been playing. And no wonder they were terrible. They were eight. Yeah. And then I hear the dad talking back and I'm like, I have been verbally abusing an eight-year-old, thinking it was another adult on my team, not knowing that my mic was on. Mm-hmm. They, listen, they learned a lot from that. They grew a lot. You Evil. educated them a lot in that moment. Evil. So uh, we're, as we wrap up, um, just a quick reminder of where people can find you, what you're into, what you're doing, all that stuff. Yes. Um, look, best place, guys, Geek Bomb. I don't know how YouTube is going for you, only stupid answers, but I hit 100,000 back in 2017 and now I'm on 97.3 and I've gone above and below about five times. Mm. It would be amazing to get back to 100,000. So if you want to throw a sub over at Geek Bomb's way because that's where functions will be live because we're online now. Wow. It's not going to be pre-recorded, um, I don't think. And that's where episodes of Power will go up and uh, celebrity interviews. So if you want to give Geek Bomb a sub, that would be amazing. If you want to join the Patreon and be a part of Fungens, get questions in on Power Up, have access to Power Down and get on our um, after show for Geek Bomb's book club, uh, that's all over at Patreon as well. Uh, so that'll be super exciting. And then, yeah, more Garrett on all social medias. Awesome. And of course, you can uh, follow me at TJ Talks Trash. You can follow the show on Twitter at Only Stupid Answers. Yank out the vowels from stupid. And we'd love it if you could go over and support us on patreon.com slash Only Stupid Answers. You could watch episodes like this live and be a part of the discussion on our Discord. And you will get early access to uh, our podcast episodes and stuff like that. A bunch of cool stuff. Things are being retooled and redone over there. And it's also a good opportunity to jump in if you've got suggestions and ideas as um, we redo stuff but mod as always thank you for being on the show it's always amazing to have you uh and i'm glad i'm glad things are good on your end right now as you as you stay busy as you're keeping busy keeping your mind off things i have a show right after this hence me Mm -hmm. (laughs) all dressed up gussied up as some people might probably wouldn't say i I say gussied up i'm good with gussied up all right everybody thank you for joining us and we'll see you all next week bye-bye